The Money Show. Personal Finance with Warren Ingram. The Money Show is brought to you by APSA CIB, driving impactful action-led insights through the APSA Insight Series. APSA is a registered FSP. I've, I've not ever seen this. It's kind of awkward, but okay. I mean, it's quite a manly apron, I suppose. It's, is that what you use to bry with, Warren? There are some sort of fatty marks on the front of it. You've got that feather duster. I mean, you are coming to the party in a, in a very big way. I'll explain why Warren is dressed so strangely this evening by posing five questions to you. Do you stick to your car's service plan? Do you get exercise? Do you, as best you can with understandable temptations, watch your diet? You want to live a healthier life? You go for basic, regular medical checkups and occasionally go for a big one. Do you regularly review your personal finances? I can imagine you sitting there going, yep, 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 yep. No. Because it's boring. And it's demanding. And it's higher grade. And it's scary. And so often it's revealing to us a truth that we don't want to acknowledge. So you then go, ah. Uh, maybe markets will be better next year and then I'll look at it when I feel a bit happier about what I've done. I suspect, Warren Ingram, apron-wearing, duster-bearing, certified financial planner and director Galileo Capital, many people will get four out of five, but they probably stumble on the personal finance spring clean. Why is it that we are so allergic to the dust that that throws up? I think we, um, we 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 like to do things that uh, that, that give us let, let's say instant gratification. You know, um, yep, yep, going, yep, going for a run those at least four. makes you yes. feel good. Mm. Good point. Why though do we hate the personal finance stuff so much? What what makes it so difficult to to just sit down and once a year just find the documents, sit down and say where are we? I think we don't like the, the the scary part, Bruce. I think it's you know we're, we're worried that we might get some bad news and we, we might uh, not have a rosy, happy picture, uh, and and so we tend to avoid it and and you know do things that are fun and and kind of make us feel better in the moment rather than looking at what happens in the next five, ten, fifteen years. And you know that's what personal finance is about. It's about you know long term thinking and. You know, we're not wired for that as human beings. We we want, you know, kind of the the, the sugar rush from that that sweet or you know, you know, the 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 flavor of the beer or whatever it is. We want it all and we want it now. We do. And personal finances are probably as important as all those other things are, the most intimate introspection of our preparedness for the future. And because most of us are frightened of the future, because it is unknowable, we then dis- find excuses not to plan. We go, well, what happens if markets fall? We'll invest next year. I just need that new car and the new outfit and the holiday. And once I've done that and I've paid off the debt and I've got my emergency fund, which Warren told me to have, sorted, then I'm going to start saving. But I'm exhausted six months from now because that, that holiday was tiring, so I better have another one. And you just kick that can down the road, Warren. So take me through, please, the least the least daunting approach that we can take to assessing our financial 
plan, whether it's looking at our bank statements, just going through making sure there are no dodgy debit orders or no things that actually we thought we discontinued and we hadn't. And actually, we're still paying a couple of hundred bucks for a gym membership that discontinued and we forgot. Um, that we are looking at insurance policies and say, when else did we actually ask for a quote? When else did we shop around? Because invariably, if you stay with an insurer for too long, they push up your price and they, they offer new entrants lower prices to hook them in. When else did we check our life insurance and see whether it was big enough to cope with inflation and the fact that there'd been one or two kids in between? When else do we actually say, how much of our salary and our income are we putting away and how much growth are we getting on that? Because those are hard realities to face. They are, but but I think we can do it in a in a relatively simple uh, way. I, I mean, starting, you, you know, your your first question is a brilliant one. You know, look at the... Um, Look at your bank statement. You know, just if you do nothing else, there's a nice long weekend. You know, we've got an extra day coming up. Uh, go, go through your bank statement. Have a look at what what are the debit orders that are coming off your account. What are the the subscriptions now? You know, that's kind of a new thing for us all. Is you know we subscribe to streaming services or whatever it is. You know, and on on our accounts, have a look at those and and which ones are you actually using and which ones did you subscribe to because they seemed like a great idea, you know, six months or a year ago. Uh, and and actually, you know, can the ones that are that are really not adding value to life and, and that aren't that interesting to you, you know, and if you're a, 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 a what, what do they call it now X, but used to be Twitter subscriber because uh, you thought Elon, you know, was going to do something amazing and you've realized that subscription is useless, can it? Uh, so so go through your bank account and, and check those statements and 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 look at the useless expenses that are doing nothing for you. Yet we are in an environment where the cost of living has gone up substantially in the last few years. Uh, and and so just just cutting out what, what, what's not adding value to life, I, I think, is is a good start. Um, when I say not adding value to life, please don't can, cancel your medical aid. That's that's <laughs> may not be adding value to life immediately right now, but jeepers, you'll need it if things are going wrong. So we're talking about you know the the kind of consumption things. It's the the things that don't you know add to your savings or or ensure your life or your health and those kinds of things. So. Kick off with that, and and it it doesn't take long, you know. A, a bank statement's usually not that long, and just do it step by step. If you're, you know, if you've got a partner, go 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 through it together and just talk it through and and, and figure out what it is that's that, that, that's uh, really valuable to you, and and you'll find inevitably, you know, like like when you do spring cleaning your house, when you go through your your bank statement, there are things that you can just can without any real pain. You know, we we just don't always apply our minds to that, so. Kick off with that, Bruce. I think that's a you know not so painful and requires no sacrifice. But you talk about short term, the the sort of dopamine effect that comes from a, a run, or a dopamine effect that comes from doing something positive for your health and getting even going to the dentist. You go, thank goodness I've done that. Now it's good, done. When you do that process, and suddenly you realise there's two, three, four, five, and a thousand rand of really stupid things going through your bank statement. In one morning, you've saved yourself a grand, a month, 12 grand a year, or whatever the amount is. Suddenly you go, hold on a second, that was quite rewarding. Now let's tackle the insurance policies and let's see whether or not I can get a better quote. Um, proper, proper quote and proper service and stuff. But actually it becomes quite an enjoyable, especially for cheapskates, um, like myself, you find ways <laughs> to reward yourself for taking the time. And you think, but my time is valuable. I could be earning some money. I could be doing a side hustle. You actually, the, the easiest money you can earn for yourself is not spending the stuff that you're wasting money on, surely. 
Exactly right, and and I think you know maybe because the next one you know you know the, the insurance comment is is maybe a little bit more work, and and so give yourself a reward if you find if you find a way of saving some money. So if you do go through your bank statements, you you, you save some on on the useless expenses, then you go through the the, the necessary pain of. Of kind of getting a you know updated requotes on your life insurance disability or your car insurance your household all that stuff, and you find a way to to not reduce your cover but but to kind of reduce what you're paying, uh, you know take a portion of that money and and set it aside for for kind of the the, the really nice holiday that you were you were planning and weren't sure how you were going to pay for it without borrowing money. So so give yourself something to look forward to. Give yourself a reward for 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 a portion of the money that you save. And the balance definitely add to your financial freedom fund. Definitely add to kind of you know the the, the kids uh, you know next year school funds whatever it is. But but always when you do something like this, give yourself uh, something to work towards that's fun that does give you the dopamine kick. It's not just you know I'm 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 doing this for my twenty year year self from now the the person I will be one day. Do it now and you know plan for for that nice holiday. And you know if, you, if December's not far away now, you know give yourself something nice to do in that time so so i think you can do that uh you know with with the insurance one because i know it's it's painful and i know people are rolling their eyes while they're listening to us about that but but you can make it exciting and you can no, do but something no, but here's the reality and i and I, I this is my experience i'm not saying that it is deliberate i would never imply that you get ripped off by insurers because that would be the wrong thing to do but I have found in my experience that when I have stuck with a particular insurer for an extended period of time, I've noticed the, the value, say, of a car decline every year. And I've noticed the cost of the insurance premium go up every year. And when I have challenged this, I've said, well, parts are more expensive and repairs are more expensive. And so, therefore, if this skadonk that you're now driving that was worth X 10 years ago is now worth Y, yes, that's only one part of it. Your insurance has tripled over that time. Yes, because it's more expensive to fix. They're going to write it off if it's too expensive to fix the, the clever buggers. And you approach a new insurance company with that same vehicle, you are likely to get a much better quote because they want to snare you. They want to seize you and steal you from their customer so that they can spend the next five years ramping up your insurance premium. Is that too cynical of you? But I think it's true. No, I think I think it's a fair point, and and you know also what happens is you know insurers kind of get a bit lazy. You know, if they're, if they're doing well uh, and their underwriting is going well, then then they'll try and nudge up their, their their underwriting premiums as much as they can. Whereas their competitors who might have been struggling for the last couple of years are, are desperate to to get some new business, and they'll be much leaner in in the way that they they charge. So. It always makes sense to me that you do that that exercise every two to three years. What, what I would say is you, you should review that on on your life and disability as well, because the same principle applies to them. You, you know, there'll be a company that will say, you, you know, we've got plenty of life insurance now. We, we don't really want that anymore, and they'll they'll start to price their their insurance in a way that kind of nudges some people to leave them, and and others that will be saying we, we need some more, more life insurance. So definitely, even if it's not, uh, you know, you know, kind of cynical on their part, it might just be pricing for business that they want and pricing away business that they don't want. And, you know, you often see that in the short-term insurance space when insurers realize that, you know, they haven't really been pricing the, the drivers under 25 correctly and suddenly their premiums shoot through the roof. So always, you know, always do do, do that, that, that exercise. I, I think at the very least uh, every three years, 
ideally every year because uh, you know as as you said Bruce you, you can actually save yourself quite a few hundred bucks if you do that and and that adds up to a lot of money over time it does now we get to the 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 stuff that we are likely to be most disappointed by because we're never going to invest enough. Uh, most people in jobs, there's so much inflationary pressure. The value of money is being gouged out. We've got higher interest rates. We've got inflation. Everything costs more. And so often where we, we compromise, we say, we're going to invest more next year when things are better, when I've got a new job, a new side hustle. I may just trim my contributions to my retirement. I'll play catch up later. And then next year, you know, I don't know, the dog dies or something horrible happens and you run short of money again and then you kick the can down the road again and suddenly it's 10 years have gone by and you've not done enough investing. The importance of facing up to that reality sooner rather than later, Warren, please explain. So, so I think two things there. One is, um, you know, as you say, making sure that you're actually saving enough. And, and what is enough? To, to me, at the very least, for anybody, anywhere, it's 15% uh, of everything that you earn. And, and that's at an absolute minimum. So, you know, if you're earning 10,000 Rand a month, that means uh, before taxes and before all of those things, you, you should be setting aside 1,500 Rand of that money to, to your savings. The, and, and that is the, the amount you should be saving if you're prepared to, to work in any kind of a job that's going to pay you a salary until at least the age of 65. If you want to retire earlier than that, you, you need to be saving more. And, and for those that are kind of aiming for financial freedom at 45 or 50, uh, I, I, I think it's, it's around about 33% of, of everything that you earn. So again, 10,000 Rand, you're, you're saving 3,333 Rand and 33 cents, Bruce, to be precise. Nice. Uh, and you have to be saving that to, to get that goal. Uh, so, so the first part is is where you're saving, and and I understand all of the comments that people make around you know cost of living has gone up, times are tough, all of those things. So, so it's not that we're prescribing to you what you should do. These are goals you set for yourself. If you want to work for a long period of time and you're comfortable doing that, by all means, save save a little bit less. If you hate your job and you hate working for for a boss and and all of that, and you want to get to financial freedom much quicker. You have to find ways to save more. You have to find ways to knock down the debt uh, and and exert control. And, and you can't make excuses. You cannot find reasons not to do this. You have to find the reasons to save and to take control. And, and it's not, it's just simple mass. There is no magic with this. There is no magic pull investment that will suddenly double or treble with guaranteed returns and, and everything will be fine, you know, two years before you retire. It doesn't work like that. So so you have to do this now and you have to take the the pain. If there is pain to be taken, take it now. Uh, it will be a lot less painful, you know, just, just on retirement or even worse at age 75 when you run out of money. Yes, thank you for that. Uh, the other nasty reality with which we which we need to confront, and we only need to confront this again once a year, and it's a quick refresh and a quick make sure that you know there aren't any sudden children or that somebody named in your will is no longer flavor of the day and needs to be removed or you've bought something or sold something that was in your will or should now be included in your will. And you've just got to confront your mortality and go, you know, just grow up and do the damn will and make sure that it is done and make sure that it's witnessed and make sure that it is uncontentious and make sure that the stuff that you put in it is traceable and that the passwords for your bank account are served, looked somewhere. I was just reminded by Nikki Bush, who is a remarkable 
uh, speaker and she went through the horrible tragedy where her husband was murdered and she's actually created a list of your what if file and it is the most beautiful list of 20 things you must do that you must put on a piece of paper or on a hard drive or somewhere that somebody can find that if you have some dreadful accident and become incapacitated or die people can sort out your life without too much hassle give them the gift of less admin when you go I think it's a kind thing isn't it it's it's um, it's absolutely a necessity, you know. You know, d- dying without a will in South Africa is leaving behind an absolute mess to 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 the people that are that that you, love you, you were, that maybe financially. You are telling your on you, you you're telling your family you don't care about them. Essentially, what the, you're selfish, you're self obsessed. You couldn't face your own mortality. You didn't care enough to make their lives easier. That's what it is. It's brutal, but it's true. It, it is, and and you know the, the the department in the government that deals with this is oh. in a nightmare state and getting Mess. worse. Uh, so so what you're doing is you're, you're leaving behind, I think, about two to four years of help. Uh, that that's that's what you're. That's the sentence you're giving to the people that you leave yeah. behind if you die without a will. Uh, so, so so I mean you know not not exaggerating the case. This is this is something you you absolutely have to do. Uh, and and you know as you say you know people people may not be ill and they they might be young and healthy and all of those things but they could die in a you know in a tragedy very simply you know I think you know the, the pandemic taught us that it's, we, we have absolutely no control over over how things are going to go so this is not meant to be kind of the the morbid speech but it's just to say kind of wake up take control not difficult to get it to get a will and then if you've got a will make sure it's up to date you, you know it could be anything from divorce to marriage. To a baby, you know, to 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 a death of a loved one, uh, you know, that maybe you you'd nominated your parents uh, as beneficiaries of your will, but unfortunately they're dead, and you know, you, you need to find someone new to to kind of leave your assets to you. You, you have to do this, and it, it's just you know, it's it's real adulting and and an absolute responsibility you have to take seriously. That is how to do a spring clean. It really is doing yourself a favor, your future self a favor, and the people you claim to care about. A service by sorting out your only you understand that mess of papers <laughs> sort it out grow up we all need to do this i'm guilty guilty as charged one i don't, don't stop looking at me like that now listen warren i am very sorry for our correspondent this evening because this correspondent is going to be sleeping on the couch this evening ben is his name because he starts with a provocative statement My wife stopped working about three years ago to take care of our twins. (laughs) Oh, Ben, 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 how long have you been married? started working three years ago. Exactly. Maybe stopped paid work three years ago to take care of our twins. Just suggesting it, Ben. We've preserved the retirement savings that she had through her previous employer. I contribute to a tax-free savings account for her. She has since started a small business and earns an income from it. We are now in a position to add to her retirement savings. Well done. Should we use a retirement annuity, a unit trust for these additional savings? I think you may have just saved your own life there, Ben. Maybe you'll be welcome back in the bed at midnight. But um, (laughs) the work... Children at work, Ben. Honestly, they are. Um, let's hope don't get beaten up. What should they do? Uh, I, I think it's maybe just to understand, uh, you know, with with Ben, um, Ben and his hopefully still still wife, uh, <laughs> the, the nature of the. Book. 
if if that business if the income from that business is reasonably stable and 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 fairly predictable and and maybe that they they're not worried about you know needing to access money in the near future then you know bulking up the retirement annuity contributions makes a lot of sense to me because you get a really nice tax break on that the growth inside is tax free uh, and and certainly as we've just been talking about you know saving for their future selves makes a lot of sense to me so so i i would i would look at the retirement annuity first having said that if the income from that small business is unpredictable or lumpy or you know potentially the business is you know may may not survive if they if they have any kind of concern like that then i think adding money to unit trust makes sense because it does add to their long-term savings and it does, you know, it does work in, in, in terms of saving for their future selves. But at the same time, if something goes wrong with the business and they need income or they need access to capital, that they, they can always access money from a unit trust much more quickly. You know, at, at the moment, probably take two or three working days and, and they'll they'll get uh, you know the money in the unit trust back in their in their account again. So so you know, I think if it's about access accessible money, then then the unit trust. If it's not accessible money, then uh, you know, and they're not too concerned about that. The, the retirement annuity, and and uh, always for me, if I'm not a hundred percent sure which way to go, I do a little bit of both. You know, go half and half, and and there's no harm in in, in adding some to the retirement annuity and and some to the the unit trust. The, the important point there that that you know, um, other than Ben's major faux pas, is that he's already doing the tax free savings account, which would have been my first recommendation. So so I think for for the balance, maybe go half half, Ben, if you're if you're still married. Otherwise, uh, uh, yeah, the, the 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 way we spoke about the the access to money is is important. And just say sorry. Just say it was thoughtless. Just say, of course it's work. It's just unpaid work. But but we're doing better now as a team. Look at us. Uh, and then just, yeah, start running. Anyway, Ben, <laughs> congratulations on the twins. Well done to Ben's wife, who goes unnamed in this. Uh, to have three-year-old twins and to be starting a business is uh, an achievement in itself. That is awesome. Warren Ingram, thank you very much. You can take the apron off. You can put the duster down. Thank you for the spring clean. We'll chat again soon.